Don't you count on that. Brother, there's too many of us that may not even make it. I don't know if I'll ever get home. And you don't either. But there's one way we can be sure, and that is by investing our lives completely into the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to keep investing of our lives every day. You can't just make one investment. That's one thing about the insurance policy. You have to pay up your premiums. Some people say, well, I've made it one time. Paul said, that don't do it. He said, I have to die every day. I have to continually make a commitment to God. I have to get before God on my knees and cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I know that in myself I need Your help today. Let Your strength and Your power be upon me. Come down and use me. Come down and anoint me. Help me to be in the center of Your will this very day that I live, that I might be a productive individual for Jesus. It takes a constant investment. Because if you don't invest yourself each day, and remember, it is an investment of money that we're talking about. I believe that it costs money to preach the gospel and to spread the kingdom, and that's part of the thing that we have to do for God. But what we're talking about is being totally committed to the cause of Jesus Christ in every area of your life. In other words, if you want to make it plain, be a fanatic for Jesus. Amen. Completely a fanatic for Jesus. Too many people are worried about being a fanatic. I want to be one. Just completely halfway beside myself for the cause of Jesus. You know, that's the kind of person that's getting somebody saved. People standing around saying, well, I don't want to offend anybody. You know, I'll, I'll wait for the right time. Some fanatic comes along and offends them. Man, you're going to hell! <laughs> and starts telling them about Jesus, and it isn't long until someone gets saved. And begins to witness to them. We need to be stirred up in our soul. Hallelujah. To become alive for Jesus. And begin to realize that this is where it's at. In witnessing, telling, and investing of ourselves completely into the cause of Christ. Holding back nothing. Our time, our lives, our money, our homes. Everything that we possess. Giving them into the hands of God. That He might control and govern them. That He might fulfill the very desires of our lives. Because of the investment that we have made. That's what God tells us in His Word. That He's going to come. He's going to prepare for eternal life, said the hour that you think not. You know, God's getting us ready for that. There's a lot of people that are looking for the coming of the Lord, but there's a lot more that think it's going to be a long ways off. And they're trying to go about teaching that Jesus is not coming soon. Jesus is not coming soon, but the Bible says in the hour that you think not. I had a brother knew the way. He came to me and he said, you know, he says, I've heard that ever since I was a kid. My grandpa told me, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Amy Simple McPherson preached it. Jesus is coming soon. We're preaching it today. Jesus is coming soon. He said, what in the world is soon? He said, I believe He's coming. But he said, you know, I also believe it might be 20, 30 years. I said, brother, you're one of the greatest fulfillments of prophecy when you say that. Peter said, there's going to come scoffers in the last day. And they're going to say, hadn't our grandfather said that he is coming soon, that he's going to return? And they said, oh, since our time, hasn't the sun come up where it always did? Hasn't it gone down on the other side? Yet he has not come. Paul said, when you get ready, or Peter, in that day, you better be prepared. Because in the hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. And I'll tell you, I, I feel it in my bones, church. I feel I sense it in the atmosphere. Praise God. I can sense the powers of Jesus Christ, uh, the power of God. And listen, even a sinner, a person without God knows something's about to happen. And I'll tell you, it's time that we begin to make an investment of our lives uh, and begin to evolve ourselves in the work of Jesus Christ that people might come to the knowledge of Jesus and be saved and be born again. Make that investment. It's the greatest insurance policy that you'll ever have. Greatest thing that you can ever invest in. And it's not going to cost you a dime. Just the investment of your life.
It'll work, church. You believe it? Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to these hearts. Because, God, there's so many here, and, God, there's so many people today that are not willing to accept the fact that Jesus is coming soon. We think, Lord, in our own minds that we have a thousand years to live. When the world forgets God, then suddenly He will return, and they'll be lost without insurance. And I believe that God is speaking to hearts right now. I believe that we're praying right now. God is dealing with lives. It's no accident that you're here. But God's drawn you here by His power and by His Spirit. I want to know how many be honest with me tonight and say, Brother Messler, I realize that I'm not prepared. I've been kind of putting it off, and I've been thinking about it. But let me tell you something. This is not something that you put off. You go down, buy an automobile from a new car dealer here in town. You finance it through a bank. The bank will say, don't you dare move that car till you get insurance on it. If you won't put it on, we'll put it on and send you the bill. But that car's going to have insurance. Because if an accident happens, we're not going to hold the bag. Yet people will toy around with eternity like it was nothing. Well, I'm thinking about getting saved. You know, brother so-and-so witnessed to me, and it kind of made an impression on me. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Brother, you better stop thinking and start moving. Because you might not have another day to think. You may not have another opportunity to come to Jesus. That's why God brought you here tonight. That He could save your soul. And if you do, well, praise God for that. But what if you don't? It's a pretty big gamble. I wonder how many be honest with me tonight and say, Brother Messer, I know that I'm not prepared. I'm not ready for this. But I want to be. Would you just slip up your hand? Slip it up and down quickly and say, pray for me, brother. I need to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. Jesus. Quickly. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. I was conducting a service, a revival service one time. man almost died of a heart attack right there in the pew. All of a sudden, he lost his color, he lost his breath, fell out of the pew right on the ground, on the floor there. Looked like he was dead. I ran down, laid hands on him, and said, Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, heal this man and restore his breath. The power of God came on him and healed him, lifted him up. What if that were you? Would you have that confidence that God would heal your body? And if he didn't, You'd be in the arms of Jesus if you died. God's speaking to you, brother, right now. I can feel it. How many be honest with me? Say, Brother Messer, I need Jesus. I'm not saying out out sinner, backslider, or what. You just need Jesus. You need to get saved tonight. I know there's somebody here. There's a man here, for one. You're a backslider. You've heard the Word of God. People have talked to you. You've made some kind of a commitment. But you're not living for God now, and you know you're not living for God now. And I can feel that conviction working on you right here where I'm standing. God's speaking to you. Would you just slip up your hands and say, pray for me, Brother Messiah? Pray for me. Glory to God. I can't make the decision for you. I wish I could. I wish I could come down. Sometimes I get... So concerned over people, I'd like to just come down and grab them and shake them by the teeth and say, Look, give your life to God. But you're the one that has to make that decision. It's like a man can know you need insurance, but if you don't want it, nobody can make you buy it. 
then when the accident comes, if you come back and say, hey, I need it, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I'd like to buy it now, it's too late. People that wanted to, didn't want to believe what Noah said. After the rain came, they changed their mind, but it was too late. A lot of people that are listening here tonight, people that have come in and out of this church and heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ, that He's alive and that He wants to save their life, and they've come in for a while, slipped out and gone their way and said, oh, I can't buy that. It hasn't happened yet. But you mark my word, in the hour that you think not, in the time when you least expect it, whether we just don't know. You think you've got your life all mapped out, but you just don't know what's going to happen. Are there any that would lift your hand right now and say, pray for me, Brother Messer. I'm not going to take much more time, but I feel the Spirit dealing with me, and I've got to do it. I can't give uh, close the service or change the order without giving you a chance to seek or to find Jesus. All right, I want to sing that chorus, and I want you to just remain in that attitude of prayer that you're in right now. And as we sing it, to those of you that did not lift your hand, and you know God's speaking to your heart, and you just feel wrong inside, and you know you should be down here, because we sing it, you just slip out of your seat and come on down this altar here and kneel. And if there's someone near you that doesn't know Jesus, and you know they're lost, and you know they need to get right with God, you just slip over to them and say, come on, I'll go with you. Let's go together, but let's come down here and get right with Jesus. God will change your life. Won't you just sing it with me as we sing it? Come on, in the name of the Lord. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. When we beam there, there are others out there tonight. Near you and you know they're not right with God, come on, you just go to them and say, let's come together. God wants to do work in these lives. Wants to change men and women today. Hallelujah. We've no blessed days to sing God's praise than when we first be praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, oh praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, how I love Jesus. Yes, Lord, worship the Lord tonight. Oh. How I love Jesus. How I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. And He
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sing it again, everybody. Let it ring to the Lord. Oh, how I love Jesus. Praise the Lord. Come here, sister. Oh, how Praise God. Lift your hands to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. God's moving on you right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Shando riba raba so riba babaranda. Glory to God. Glory to God. Get ready for it. You're going to feel the touch of Jesus going through you when I pray for you right now. I just feel this. That God wants me to pray for your body. And you're going to feel a strength and a warmth just passing all through you. It's going to move through your joints, in your throat. There's an area in your throat that you need to touch from God. I don't know what this is all about, but I know that it's there. And you feel this at times. It gives you difficulties and problems. It's true, isn't it? And God wants to relieve this. It's not just like a sore throat or something like that, but it's something that bothers you daily. And I don't know what it is, but God knows. In fact, it even makes it difficult sometimes for you to swallow. But Jesus is going to touch you tonight. Hallelujah. I feel this. And you're going to feel a release just going all through your body. Lift your hands toward this woman right now. Father, may that healing power touch. Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Aramanda Ramasaya. Glory and Alabasaya. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning, the turtle bright and fair, come here, sister, and the chosen one shall gather to their home beyond the shore, and the roll is lift up your hands. When the road Get ready for it. I saw you in the spirit praying for an individual in the morning. Very early as you were moving around. I don't understand this. Someone that's on your heart. And this was very heavy upon you. And you were just talking to the Lord, saying, Lord, bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to the knowledge of the Lord. And I want to agree with you right now that God will do this and that He's going to move on their behalf in the name of the Lord. I believe it right now. Sing it again with me. On the road, Father, in the name of Jesus. Touch. God, let it be for Thy glory. Give wisdom and words to this mouth to speak more. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Sing it again. Oh, and the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder. Oh, and the roll is called up yonder. 
Sometimes we minister to people individually or pray for them collectively, but I just feel God dealing with me right now. And if there are those of you that need a touch, a physical touch, this is what I feel to do. Stand your feet right now and just come over here on this side. I want to pray for you. We're going to anoint you. We're going to agree with you. And I believe God's going to perform miracles tonight. Hallelujah. The Bible said we can have the very desires of our hearts. Are there any sick among you? Them anoint them with oil, praying the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. God will touch and God will deliver and set them free. Hallelujah. Sing it again with me. You may look for me, for I'll be there. Lift your hands to him. Ah, God, in the name of Jesus, what do you need from the Lord tonight? The disappearance of an impact. Yes. God, heal this body in Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What is it you'd like the Lord to do? Amen. God, touch this body right now. May that healing power reach you pass through. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. All right. God, in the name of Jesus, heal that stomach. Touch and make him up with whole. In the name of Jesus, be healed. You may look for me for a What is it you want? Yes, God, I command these lumps to dissolve. Be healed. Yes, in the name of Jesus, by the power of God, glory to His name. God bless you, sister. Hallelujah, Jesus. May the power of God and the anointing of Jesus Christ pass through this body. May she be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, we accept it by faith right now. Yes, God, touch this body right now and loose this condition. May she be released from it in Jesus' name right now. We accept it. Yes, lift your hands to him right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Oh, yes, there it is. Jesus, I feel the presence of God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, my God, touch this mind. I find the powers of the darkness, you foul spirit of hell, that would work against the mind of this woman. May the release of the spirit deliver. Oh, in the name of Jesus, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. What do you want the Lord to do for you, brother? Amen. Father, touch the scientist's problem right now. May he receive healing power. Bring you through this body. Make him ever with hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Master. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shandala Babururiasaya. Praise the name of Jesus. 
Yes, Lord, touch this body right now. I bind those allergies. Uh, I command them uh, the blood of Jesus Christ to leave God this body right now in the name of the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God. Yes, brother. Yes, amen. All right, let's believe it. Father, strengthen these bones. God, this man who has broke his hip, we pray that you will cause that hip to knit, to be healed. Let the power of Jesus pass through that body. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Shandala Babahaya. Glory to God. Jesus, touch this body right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Thank you, Jesus. Shama Marobo Rotoriandalabasaya. God. Amen. Do you believe God's able to do this for you tonight? Father? We claim victory over this back condition. Oh, you have pain there now, brother? But you feel it if you move? Bend down for me. I just... You, do you feel that? Feels a lot better and we haven't even prayed yet. Hallelujah. Bend down again. But you feel it. All right. Lift your hands this way. We haven't even prayed yet. I believe it's going to right now. Hallelujah. Satan, I command you to loose your whole healing power. Leave! Mm, that, oh, praise God. Bend over now, brother. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. How's it feel? Feels good. You don't feel the pain now? No, Hallelujah, I believe it will. Just give your hands, lift your hands and praise Him for it. God, we thank you for it. Now may that never return. Loose. No return of this pain whatsoever. God, may His back just be completely at ease right now. We claim it in the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may look for me. All right, Bob, lift your hands. God, lay your hand on Bob. Touch his back. Right now, we anoint him, and we accept it by faith, the healing power. Heal! Jesus, may the Spirit of God be upon this body. Release him right now, that there be just a complete... Oh, there it is. Hallelujah. I feel it. You may look for me, for I'll be there. Glory to God. Yes, lift your hands right now. God, let that healing, that spiritual healing take place. Woo! Yes, God, release your power. Minister to this mind and body, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, you may look for me, for I'll be there. Thank you, Jesus. I'll be there. God bless you, sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. You know, God just healed this woman's back sitting out there in the congregation. Said she's been suffering with her back for a long time. Severe pains in her back, and she said, right in the service, while the word was being preached, it just felt like somebody rubbed deep heat in her back on that pain, and it's all gone. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you happy with that? I believe that's the power of Jesus. Lift up your hands. It's for God to seal the work in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for it. We praise you for it, and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Yes. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, all things are possible by faith. In the name of the Lord, we believe and we accept by faith. In Jesus' name, for thy glory. Hallelujah. 
shall deliver you out of mine hands. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his vestige was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake, and he commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their gar hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astounded. And he rose up in haste, and he spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound to the midst of the fire? They answered and said, Unto the king, true, O king, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. Let's pray and ask God to bless his word. Father, we thank you. For the power of Jesus Christ and for the anointing of the Lord that we feel here tonight. And I pray, God, that you'll make this word live into the hearts and the lives of your people. And that you'll speak to them, Lord. And God, that whatever the needs are, that you'll minister to those needs in the power of your Holy Spirit. That men and women might be saved. Uh, that their bodies might be healed. Uh, that they may be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and that they may know the fullness of Jesus Christ. And, oh, God, I'm going to give you praise and thanks for this. In the marvelous name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Most often, while I'm ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ, I don't take time to mention any products. But I'm going to take a little liberty tonight and just inform some of you here that I'm an insurance salesman. Hallelujah. I didn't hear any amens. <laughs> I'm an insurance salesman. And our policies have the largest coverages, more than any policy in all the world. It's a policy that you can't beat. Now, I'm sure that you'll all agree that you shouldn't be without assurance. You can't afford to. As soon as you don't have it, then the accident comes. Our president is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He can never go bankrupt. 
Because he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, he said, the gold is mine, the silver is mine, all the fullness of the earth is mine. He will never die, so we don't have to worry about having another president take his place. Hallelujah. It'd take all night for me to tell you some or all of the coverages that this policy that I represent has. I could spend the whole evening here telling you, and I couldn't get them all in, but few of the main coverages that we really need to have in this life that we live today are fire, flood, accident, and life. And it does not have a price to it, but it requires an investment of your life, a complete dedication of yourself. Now, the first one that I want to tell you about tonight is three men who had invested in our fire policy. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. (laughs) They had made the investment. Now, you see, there's one thing about an insurance policy. You have to keep it paid up. And it takes an investment. This is the problem. There's too many people that want to have the benefits of something, but they don't want to make the investment that brings those benefits to pass. Now, these three men, their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they had invested in this fire policy. They had invested their life. They knew what it was to serve God They knew what it was to give themselves completely over to the cause of God in the service of the King and of the Master. They believed in the reality of the living God that had set Israel free and that had ministered to their needs. And the Bible tells us that these men, they stood for the power of God and the rest of the city had turned against Him. The rest of the city had bowed down to an ugly God, an ugly image, an idol that had been set up to worship. And the time came when all men at the sound of the music was to bow down to this God and give allegiance to a stone image. These men, and they must have had some Pentecostal background somewhere, they were rebel enough to believe in what they stood for, and they stood back and they said, Bless God, we will not bow down. We're not going to do it. There were others that looked on and said, Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't bow down, you're going to stir the wrath of the king. He'll have you destroyed. Because there's been a decree put out that all that do not bow down, this was a a command that he had been made, not a suggestion. You better do what he says. Like Brother Mitchell said on his trip over there to the Holy Land when he had his... Suitcase loaded full of tracks. They said, don't you know that's against the law? You can't do that over there. I was thinking when he said that. Science say it's impossible, scientifically impossible for a bumblebee to fly. (laughs) But he still flies. Amen. And there may be a lot of things that people will say that we can't do. They were saying about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can't do that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The law says you've got to bow down. If it isn't, if you don't do what the law says, it's off with your head. It'd be a lot easier for them to say, well, you know, God, I'm sure not going to be any good to you if I'm dead. I want to serve you, Lord, and you know I'm going to serve you, but this one little compromise won't hurt because I'm doing it for you, God. I'm not caring about myself, but I've got to tell people about you, and I've got to witness, and if I'm dead, I can't do it. If I get put in jail, I couldn't witness. My, you're getting quiet. Hallelujah. I talked to one pastor. (laughs) He just had a a revival with Larry Reed. (laughs) He told me, he says, I don't know if I can have that man back anymore. I said, why? He said, he almost got me put in jail. He said, I'm glad for him, and God's given him that ministry. But he said, I'm a pastor in this town. What do people think if I get put in jail? (laughs) Hallelujah. I said, brother, my cause is revival. Hallelujah. These men could have made a lot of excuses. They could have compromised and said, well, we'd love to bow down and all that. You know, God, we don't want to, but we think we better do it because we're going to lose our head if we don't. 
But these men had invested in our fire policy, and so they weren't worried about that little fiery furnace down there that the king had because they knew that their insurance was paid up. Hallelujah. They had invested their lives. They had given their all. And they stood up before the king, and they said, Be it known unto thee, O king, we will not bow down. The king looked at them. He said, I'm going to give you another chance, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm going to let the instruments play again. And when those instruments play, if you get out on your knees and worship that idol, I'll let you go. Good and well. But if not, I'm going to have you cast into that fiery furnace over there. Glory to God. They looked back at the king and they said, Be it known unto thee, O king, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We're not going to say it foolishly, but the God that we serve is able to deliver us. Hallelujah. And if he doesn't deliver us, we still won't bow down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. These men had made an investment. You know, they had to make some kind of investment. They had to have confidence in something. They knew that somebody was on their side, church. You know, that's the beautiful thing about insurance. You have an accident and you think, there's one consolation you've got. Well, bless God, at least I'm insured. It'll be taken care of. But if you don't have that, there's fear. These men knew that God was with them. They knew that God was upon their side. And they feared the wrath of God. And they feared the power of God more than they did the wrath of man. And they said, we will not bow down. Well, the Bible said the king's anger was kindled and the form of his vestige was changed. And he commanded that the furnace was to be heated one seven times hotter, whatever that is. I suppose it's seven times hotter. That it was one to be heated and to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the midst of the fire bound in their coats and in their hosen. And they bound those men and they took them down there and they began to cast them in the fire. And the Bible says when they went down into the fire that the fire was so hot that when they opened the gates it slew the men that carried them down there and they were burnt asunder. They fell down into the midst of the fiery furnace. The gates were closed. And all of a sudden the king looked in great fear and amazement, and he rose to his feet wondering what was taking place because three men had just been cast down there into the midst of the fire. And as he looked into the midst of the fire, he didn't see three men. He said, Did we not cast three into the fiery furnace? They said, True, O king. He said, I see four down there. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You know, that king got a revelation, church. How did he know what the Son of God looked like? He'd never seen Him. He hadn't even been born yet. But he knew that that was Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, that had come down and set those men free because they had made an investment of their life. And they'd invested in this fire policy I'm talking about tonight. Hallelujah. Now, you know, most insurance companies after even though you've invested in a fire policy, and many of you people here in this church are aware of that, <laughs> how they operate. Fire comes and burns your house down or destroys everything. Here comes the insurance man with a big smile on his face, and here's your check to help with your situation after it's already burned down. And the check never covers all the damage. You end up in the holding the bag on a lot of things. It just doesn't cover it all. But here's a policy, church, that keeps you from having a fire. Glory to God. Keeps you from burning down. Glory. Brother, this is something that we ought to invest in. It's something that we ought to give our lives to tonight. Uh, Bible says if we make this investment, it will not only stop us in many areas, but it will save us from hell fire. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now, you know, a lot of people tell me I don't believe there is any hell fire. You'd be surprised that some people that are starting to believe such garbage as that. You can't really prove to me that there's a hell. And I even hear godly men who know what's right and have taught the gospel for years getting up and making statements like this, uh, whatever hell may be, we don't know what it'll be. Maybe it's outer darkness. 
Well, bless your heart, I know what it'll be. Amen. It's hell, fire, and brimstone, just like the Bible says it is. I believe it's a lake that burneth with fire forever and ever and ever and ever. And the Bible said if that man has given his heart and life to Jesus Christ, that he will be spared from that fire and from the lake of fire and will live forever with Jesus. Glory to God. Brother, that's something worth making an investment into. To see that your life is separated from the powers of the enemy. Now, there was another man that was named Noah, and he invested in our flood policy. Hallelujah. Amen. This man, Noah, he had invested in the flood policy, and not only had he invested in it, but he was a salesman for the company. He was trying to get other people to invest in it. And he got out there and he preached to them. He said, listen, I've got something to offer you. There's a great flood that's going to come. God's going to destroy this world by water. And it's going to sweep over the earth. And he said, if you'll repent right now, the sins of this world have come up before God. And God has repented that He has even made man because the sin is a staunch unto the nostrils of God. And He wants man to repent and be saved. Now, he said, if you'll repent, God will save you. People looked at him, oh, Noah, you're crazy. We don't need no flood policy. It has never rained. We've never had no floods. This isn't going to happen. What makes you think it's going to happen all at once if it's never happened before? Noah went on preaching the gospel. He was faithful to God. He told them that these things were going to happen. He said, repent, turn from your ways. Be saved. Look to God today and He'll save you from this flood that's going to come. 120 years telling men to turn from their wicked ways. Telling them to repent and call out to God and come into the ark of safety. But they looked at Him as a fool. Why, that old man's crazy. Gone down there working day after day on a task that seemed to indicate he'd gone mad, building a boat so big that he couldn't move it down to the sea if he had got it finished, and he thinks water's going to come out of the sky, it's going to rain and cause a thing to float. Why, he's crazy. Gone crazy. And you know what? Why, he's even got a few of them young people following with him. Sham, Ham, and Japa, they're out there pounding away, and they're good, clean kids. Too bad they have to be caught up with the foolishness of their old dad. Come on. They begin to feel sorry for those people. You know, things haven't changed much today. People out here preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ telling men to repent. Turn from your wicked ways. We've got something to offer you. Cost you something, an investment of your life. All you have to do is receive it, and Jesus will change your life. But there's people standing around. You know them people up there on the corner. They think they're going to do something. They've got a little move here for a while, but you watch. It's going to windle away. It isn't going to last. They're crazy. Some of them young hippies coming in and, and getting saved and falling along with them, but finally they're going to find out they're on another trip. Crazy. But I want you to know, church, one day old Noah, he stayed with it. And I'll tell you, that man had perseverance. I'll tell you, it takes something to keep pounding away when people are looking down on you and they're making fun of you and saying you've lost your mind and you're, you're doing something that's foolish. I know what it's all about, brother. I've been a Pentecostal for quite a while. And they've told me I'm crazy. I said, well, I'm crazy for Jesus, and I'm the happiest crazy man you've ever seen. Amen. Wonderful. They looked down upon you, but those people, as they stood back and they began to mock that man, they looked at him, they thought he was completely lost his mind. And they began to mock and carry on. But one day, while they were walking down the street, all of a sudden, a big, drop a rain splat hit somebody on the forehead and then another and then another and they begin to look in the sky my god what's happening it is starting to rain drops are beginning to come down maybe noah wasn't as crazy as we thought Maybe he wasn't as, as foolish as we thought he was. And they begin to run for fear. By that time, the windows of heaven had opened up and the waters began to pour. The fountains of the deep had released and waters were sweeping over the earth. They ran down, pounded upon the ark, said, No, won't you let us in? We've made a terrible mistake. We thought you'd gone crazy. We thought you were senile. But now we know this was God. We want to change our mind. 
the Bible said God had shut the door. And brother, when God shuts the door, it stays shut. Noah couldn't open it even if he wanted to let them in. But Noah had invested. Those young people, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, had invested. They were separated. They were saved even to the beginning of a new generation of people because they had been willing to invest themselves, had been willing to invest their lives into this thing that we're talking about tonight, the cause of Jesus Christ. And brother, it paid off to them. I want you to know that it's still the same today. Do you believe that? There was another man in Psalms 91.12 and some who had invested into the accident policy. And he was able to give a testimony this way, saying, He shall give his angels charge over thee, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. It protected a man named Saul from being bitten by a snake or being killed by a snake when he was bitten. He had this accident policy. You never know when a snake's going to jump out of the fire and get you, you know. Amen. And he was supposed to drop dead. But that brother had invested. Hallelujah. He had put his life into it. He had believed in this policy. And he would given himself to it completely. And even though he was bitten, he didn't die. Now, no, most insurance policies will come to the hospital and see you while you're bound up in cast or laying there in bed. And here's your check to cover your hospital bill. But here's one keeps you from going to the hospital. Hallelujah. Man, that's worthwhile. Come on. That's worthwhile. Glory to Jesus to be able to invest in the, in the power of Jesus Christ and know that God's going to keep you and He's going to be with you and He's going to watch after you and He's going to keep His hand upon you in all things that you have to face. Brother, that's just the most wonderful thing in all this world. There's nothing that can go any ways near it. No policy can begin to measure up to it, no matter how much you, you invest in it. Now, I'll tell you something. If I could come and offer you a sure thing. See, people are always looking for a sure thing. If it's a little shaky, well, they don't want to invest their money into it. And uh, But if I could offer you a sure thing and say, look, this is going to make sure it's going to protect you, it's going to keep you, it's going to bring health to thy bones and to thy navel and marrow to thy bones, it is going to strengthen you, it's going to bring healing to you, it's going to provide for you, it's going to keep you throughout eternity, and I can give it to you and you sign your name right here and pay me $100 a month and I prove to you that this will work, brother, I could have customers all day long. Because it's not costing any money, because we tie Jesus Christ with it, and because we say it belongs to God, people say, I don't know if I want that religious stuff. But I want you to know this is a sure thing. Brother, it'll never fail. Hallelujah. It'll never let you down. You say, Brother Metzler, you've never had any troubles? Oh, yes, I've had a lot of them, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Come on. Brother, they had plenty of trials. You think it isn't a trial to be cast down in the fire? The only problem was they couldn't burn. Glory to God. reason why some people burn is because they wait till they get right down to the fire and say, Look, Lord, I stood for you. I believed for you. I trusted for you. Now look what you're going to let happen to me. You're going to let me get kicked in the fire. Those men believed God not just right down to the gate, but they believed Him all the way into the coals, right down into the heat of the fire. That's where they needed the faith more than anything else. They had trusted in God, and God set them free. Hallelujah! And had given them victory in the life that they were living. Now, there's another policy. That's our life insurance policy. And I'll tell you, I think this is one of the most important ones of all. Our life insurance policy, the Bible tells us of a man named Lazarus, Moses, Elijah, and many others who collected their life policies, and they're still living. Hallelujah. Maybe you didn't catch that one. They collected on their life policy, and they're still alive. Glory. Now that gets me excited. They're alive. So how do you know they're alive? Well, they came back to the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw them. They're alive, church. Jesus Christ is alive today. Uh, most of these insurance policies, uh, they'll come to your loved ones and they'll pay you something after you're dead and sit here. This is uh, their life insurance policy to keep the loved ones going. But you know something? When I'm dead, I'm not going to have to... My loved ones is the biggest 
uh, the smallest worry I've got after I'm dead. Now, I want to see them provided for. Don't misunderstand me. But there's some people that will spend their whole life investing into an insurance policy or saving or providing and getting a little egg, a nest egg, they call it, here for their loved ones when they die to be able to live. And the whole life has been spent trying to provide for them and their own soul is bound for a devil's hell because they've never made the right investment. Wonderful to be able to provide for your loved ones. Wonderful to see that they're taken care of when you're gone. But brother, what about you? Say, oh, Brother Messer, I'm a young man here. I'm, I'm not ready to die yet. You may be a young man, but don't, don't discard the fact that you may die. I was witnessing to a fellow out in California just not very long before I came back here. And he came to me and he said, he just shot himself in the leg. That took a lot of talent. Amen. <laughs> Went out on the desert hunting one day with a gun in his hip and came back with a bullet in his thigh. And... He was telling me about a friend. He was very concerned. He says, you know, that guy just dropped dead. He said, he's only 33 years old. I looked at him. I said, Jim, I said, you just shot yourself in the leg yesterday. He said, what if it had been someplace a little more vital? He started getting nervous. You know, I noticed he was rolling a cigarette from this corner clear over to this corner, back and forth. So what if it had been a little bit more of a vital place that you'd have shot yourself? I said, you know, you could be dead right now. Yeah, he says, I suppose I could. I said, where would you be? Well, <clears throat> he says, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I've got some time to, to serve the Lord yet. I said, yeah, but what if you don't? You don't have any lease on life, brother. There isn't a person here who knows when you're going to die. Jesus could come for you get home tonight. We don't have any lease on life. We think right now, you look at your life and you think, man, I've got everything planned out. I've got it all figured. It's funny how we can live this life. We think about objects and things, houses, automobiles, lands, things that we ought to have and that we need and that we want. But brother, when it comes right down to death... And you're faced with death itself. It's funny how all those things suddenly disappear and you don't care about nothing but life. I remember when my good friend Wes Baker, many of you are very familiar with him, was in a terrible automobile accident. And they called me and they said, John, get down here and pray for Wes. He was in a bad accident. And they said, we don't know if he's going to live. And I went down there and here was... That poor brother in the hospital, his head must have been this big around, huge. It was as big as the steering wheel of a car, just swollen and black and everything else. And you wouldn't even recognize him. You couldn't even tell who it was. They hadn't told me it's Wes Baker. I would have never known. And here was his family, and I'll never forget that. They were all sitting there, everybody else around. There wasn't one person thinking about buying a new automobile, getting a new home, doing this or that. All they were concerned about is, God, let him live. Let him live. Now, you may think you've got a long time. You may think that, oh, yeah, I've got a long time to live and, and I'll be around here for quite a while yet. Sure, we're faced with a few problems, but we'll overcome them. doesn't make any difference whether we will or whether we won't. I remember when I was a young man, there was a fellow that I used to be very close to that lived down the street from me, and we played together when we went to school, and we went to high school together, and this boy without, was without Jesus. And it was at a time, I was only probably about 25 to 28 at that time, a couple years ago. Amen. And he was killed in an automobile accident. And I, I was thinking, you know, before, just before he was killed, I was thinking, man, why doesn't Harold give his life to God? Why doesn't he get right with Jesus? Can't he see that all these troubles and these problems in the world, that the, the end of time is coming soon? God is moving right now, bringing these things together, and he might not be able to make it. The rapture of the church could come, even though he's young. 
And I was thinking about that. And that all of a sudden, two days later, he was gone. He was gone. He says, you know, I don't believe the rapture is going to happen that fast. Well, I'll tell you something. I believe it's going to happen. But even if it didn't, he's gone. You don't have any lease. You don't know when it's going to happen to you. You say, oh, Brother Mister, now don't talk negative like that. I don't like to think about that. Well, I think it's time we think about it. And begin to face up to facts that we don't have any lease on life. Brother, the only thing I'm concerned about right now is how do I stack up with God? You know, there's a lot of people, they'll look down on you and they'll criticize and they'll make fun and they'll, they'll say things that are not true. And they'll bring up things against your life. Brother, that don't matter. What does God think about you? How are you in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ? This policy that I'm trying to sell you, it doesn't pay your loved ones anything after you're gone, but it'll guarantee you one thing. It'll guarantee you life everlasting. The Bible said you must be born again. You have to be born into the kingdom of God. And if a man is not born again when the time comes that he has to face death, he'll die and be lost for eternity. After you're dead, there is no second chance. Brother, you better pray for the rapture.